Welcome to the Sunrise Podcast with Dr. M.M. Amakaro. We hope you enjoy it. Psalm 103 verse 8 from 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are higher above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the west is from the as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to such as keep his covenant, and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Amen. Father, we thank you for the sweetness of this word, for the assurance in this word. You are speaking here about your mercies. You are speaking here about your slowness to anger and how you are bound in mercy. Now you will not strive with us and how you will not keep your anger forever and how you will not punish us according to the manner in which we deserve. We thank you for pushing your mercy, pushing our transgressions as far away from us as the West is from the East. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Holy Father, for comparing your mercy towards us, towards those who fear you, to be as high above the earth as the heaven is above the earth. What depth and man and height of mercy we exalt you this morning. We thank you, Holy Father, for how you pity us. We thank you, Holy Father, for how you really know our frame and that we are dust, and how you accumulate your mercy, how you abound in your mercy. We thank you today. Teach us to know your ways. Teach us to know your ways towards your mercy. Teach us your fear. For you have opened in this world, you are showing us the condition in which your mercy operates, in which your loving kindness operates. Open the eyes of our minds and help us to know your ways like Moses and not, not only your acts, 
In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. It's amazing where we have read. Three times the Lord mentions the set of people who will enjoy his mercy. The set of people that he pities. The set of people that he holds his anger. The extension of his anger. The set of people. And the Lord doesn't hide this from us. Because it's in this book that we are reading. This psalm that we read, Psalm 103, expresses the tenderness of God towards God's people. How tender God is, how understanding God is, how his loving kindness is so extensive. And the word here is so warm. If we look again at 19, verse 15, it says, As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes, for the wind passes over it and is gone. See how frail man is. See how frail. In fact, an earthen vessel, as it say, here is compared to the flower in the field. It springs and it flourishes. And before you watch again, it's gone. That's how fickle and how feeble our lives are. But there's something that endures. It goes on to say, after saying, for the wind passes over it and it's gone, and its place remembers it no more. But, but the, the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to ever. His mercy never ceases. But it specifically says here, on those who fear him. And his righteousness to generations, to children's children. And now, he now explains the basis of this fear and the reason why this set of people will enjoy his loving kindness. You see the extension of his mercy. You see his pity. Enjoy his benevolence. He now says in 18 where we read, he said, to such as keep his covenants and to those who remember his commandments to do them. Amen. If we back up and we read verse 7, because we had started from it. From verse 6, it said, The Lord executes righteousness and justice to all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of God. What's the difference between knowing God's ways and knowing his acts? When we talk about the ways, we're talking about the processes, the procedure, the methodology. How God does his things. how he operates to arrive at the act. So
So when you want to compare the ways with the acts, now the person who knows the acts is the person who sees the end results. For instance, ah, the children of Israel saw the Red Sea parted. In their trauma, in their, in their anxiety to escape from Pharaoh who was chasing, they got to the Red Sea. They started screaming. As soon as they saw the Red Sea and turned around and saw Pharaoh, they started screaming. They started screaming. We would have, you have left us to die in Egypt. Now they've forgotten all the signs and wonders and the miracles that God did. Even the fact that they could even pack their things with speed and they are on the spots that they were. And they now said, it's better that we turn back. Why? They were just looking at the acts. But in that place, the Bible says, God said, Moses said to them, God said to Moses, move forward. Move forward. God was not dealing with the children of Israel. He was telling Moses the process. Then God turned around and said to Moses, why are you crying to me? Stretch forth your hand and strike the water. So Moses, with his God, they were in the act of the miracle, the process. Don't forget that it is God with Moses and God telling Moses, go to Pharaoh. And Moses asking, when I go, who will I say you are? And God introducing himself to Moses. Say, I am that I am has sent you. And even telling him why he's sending him. I heard the groaning of my people. And I remembered my covenant with my, with Abraham, my servant. And I'm sending you there to go and bring them out. And then he said, what is that in your hand? He said, it's a rod. He said, throw it down. And I said, pick it up. Moses had turned to the serpent. Moses picked it up by the tail. All these interactions. And Moses saying, no, don't send me to Pharaoh. I am slow of speech. I'm a stammerer. I don't have the way with all the capacity to stand before Pharaoh. He said, am I not the one who made them out? Am I not the one who made them? The tongue. And then he now said, see your brother coming as you live here. I'm going to send your brother. To so, the processes before Moses arrived in Egypt, Moses knew it, Moses learned it, he was walking with God through the processes. And then the standing before Pharaoh and all that he did, it was through dialogue with God. God said, go, tell him, I'm going to send flies. Go, tell him. I'm going to send lies. Go tell him. I'm going to destroy and kill all the livestock. Go tell him. I'm sending all manners of things. So this process is Moses studied and all. And if we see now when they were in the wilderness, if we read Leviticus and Numbers, we see all the laws, the process of receiving the laws and all the instructions. Go and tell these people. So Moses walked with God through all these processes. Moses saw the highs and Moses saw the lows. The Bible says Moses spoke face to face with God. And it came to a point that Moses, 
when God said, you have wandered in this wilderness long enough. Okay, take your journey and move. Moses said, no, except your presence goes with me, I'm not going. He said, no, my grace is with you. He said, ah, how will I know that you're with me? How will I know? How will I know? What will distinguish me from those people if you are not with me? Except I know for sure. And God now assured him, I'll be with you. And my presence will go with you. You see, but the children of Israel, they didn't go through this process. Their own was, when there was no water, they screamed to Moses, ah, is this how you brought us to perish? Is this the kind of God that you say this God is? Moses will speak to God. God will say, strike the rock and water will come out. And then they will drink. After that, they will forget. And then they will meet thirst again. There was, at some point, Moses was angry because of them. And when God said to Moses, speak to the rock, in that anger, Moses did not hear speak to the rock. Moses was so angry that instead of speaking, he, he made the rock the scapegoat. He struck the rock. And that angered God. That angered God. And that now precipitated the fact that Moses did not see the promised land. So this passage is telling us so much. And by this, we now wear our status, where we are in the journey of our Christianity, where we are in the process of our walk with God, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit, in the process of saying, oh, I'm born again. I receive Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. Ask him to come into my life. And the Bible says, as many as believe and receive him, he gave them power to become. You see, it is be to become. And in the becoming that we become every day, and we are sons of God, and when I mean becoming every day, the growth, the discipleship, is to bringing us into the knowledge of the processes and the ways of God. But most of the times, what we look at is majority of us, when we go to church, we are going for the miracle. We are looking at the hand of God, how he's going to drop that miracle. We have particular things that bother us and we want that solution. And we are targeting that solution. And all our prayer and focus is when God would alleviate this thing. So in the process of focusing on the acts, the benevolence of God, the release of that relief, that deliverance, we seem to be very, very offended by the process. I don't know if I should put it like that. Very impatient with the process. Whereas it is the process that teaches us so much about God, about his mercies, about his ways, about his faithfulness, about his integrity, about how he executes righteousness. So that is what this psalm is all doing. And the persons who will concentrate on the process, on the ways and God's methodology, for instance, when we talk about Jacob, you see how God dealt with Jacob. And we look at what Jacob did and how Jacob finally arrived at the acts. God 
returning all the profits that Laban and his sons have accumulated within a twinkle of an eye. And then Jacob being now the wealthier one. We look at Joseph and we look at the processes, how Joseph, you know, was stripped of his coat of color, how they were jealous of the dream, yet how God was with him in the pits, being sold as a slave. We follow the processes and we follow the character and we follow the dealings of God and we see the methodology of God. How most Joseph was now forgotten in prison for two years. Two, the Bible said two fool. I often wonder that fool was not there for nothing. Should have just said two years. They say full years. To emphasize the length of time between how he interpreted the dream and did good and invested and was waiting. Oh, very soon. Butler is going to remember me very soon. And then two full years passed before he now, now started talking about how God gave Pharaoh a dream and Pharaoh could not interpret. We now saw the high office that Joseph occupied. Even if we look at the story of Abraham and Sarah, 25 years of work with God, of obedience and sometimes of impatience, that's how Ishmael was born and how the act of that acts, the birth of Ishmael, you know, changed the equation in some ways. And what is even happening to the world today through that? We see, see obedience, we see submission, and we see some self-centered act outside of God's, you know, instruction. So when we take character, that's why the, so this, this word is given to us for edification. It's given to edify us. Is given to instructors so that when we study, we show ourselves approved. And what are you studying? The processes, the ways of God. We go through Jesus. How Jesus humbled himself. How Jesus walked there right from when he was small. How he would enter the tabernacle. How he would enter the synagogue. How he would read with such authority. These acts his ways, what he did, and we are studying it. We see the fullness of the Holy Spirit on him. We see his fearlessness, and yet we see his compassion. We see his, you know, his, his, his communion with his father. We see him full of thanksgiving. We see the signs and the wonders. That is why Jesus, when he walked with his disciples and he was doing all these things, and at the point that his disciple will exhibit lack of faith, he will say, but you just finished with me, for instance, and you saw me, you know, using two fish and five loaves and feeding the multitude. And I just told you to cross over to the other side, that I'll meet you. And then you meet Tom, and you're screaming, you want to die. Where is your faith? In other words, what happened to all the processes that you watched? What happened to you walking with me and seeing these things that I'm teaching you? What about the Beatitudes? He would sit them down and teach people. Jesus, for three days, is teaching. What is he teaching? The principles, the ways, the processes. And this is the, this is for us the grounding of our faith 
knowing the ways of God. We can't know God. God is God. Otherwise, we become God ourselves. But as he deals with us experientially, as we read in the word, we study the word, we become grounded. Our faith becomes stronger. Our trust in his love and mercy becomes stronger than our fear of him. Fear not in you. Oh, God is coming to kill me. Oh, God is angry. No. He's talking about the real reverence of God. Because you know his loving kindness. Because we know that our life, our very existence depends on his love. He's told us our frame here. He said, we are like the flower. There is a place that says, at best, 70 years, by reason of strength, 80. After that, it passes away. Then eternity, then what? He said, it's like the flower that flourishes. Here today, tomorrow, the wind is gone. And you look in that place. Even that place will not remember him. That man. He said, he knows our friend. He pities us. But the pity... And the mercy we have read here three times is for those who fear him. And the people who fear him are the people like Moses who knows who know his ways. The people who don't fear God. And they don't forget that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, which means basic wisdom. To know good from evil. Wisdom to know the path of righteousness. Wisdom to identify that which will please God and that which will not please Him. That basic fear that is the source and the soul of your conscience, of our conscience, that conviction that, wow, I crossed the line. So this is what this is saying. Anytime I read this psalm, Psalm 103, and he says, he made his way, ways known to Moses. He made known his ways to So it is God that is making his ways known. Why is he made? Because Moses was attentive and willing. He called him that encounter at that burning bush. The bush was burning, yet nothing was consumed. And he called him aside and he came and said, pull your sandals. This is the holy ground. And he began to talk with him. And that walk took many years before the children of Israel now came out. So what are we saying today? Our pursuit and focus on the hand of God. For God to release what we desperately need. Is robbing us the wrong way. The pursuit of the fear of God, what will grow our reverence of God? Knowing God, knowing the depth of his mercy, knowing who he is, knowing his methods of dealing with man, is what will ground us in the faith, made us to, make us to stand strong. It's the source of our authority. That's the, should I say, context and the atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to, to be who the Holy Spirit is in us. Why? Because we we'll always go to the Holy Spirit. So what? 
will be will be submissive and will be inclined to ask for instructions and to be instructed and to be directed we will ask for wisdom because wisdom is his winning ways so today we thank him for all his promises that are yes and amen we thank him for his faithfulness his mercies that abound but today what we ask the most is say, father teach us your fear the fear of the lord the reverence of the lord help us to be excited about knowing who you are and your ways the way you do things the way you prefer things what you like what you don't like the way of life and the way that leads to death let us let us apply ourselves to learn the ways of wisdom this is what we are seeing today the lord is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in mercy he will not always strive with us nor will he keep his anger forever he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities for as the heavens are higher above the earth so great is his mercy towards those who fear him towards those who fear him and he goes on today say as a father this is verse 13 pities his children so the lord pities those who fear him for he knows our frame he remembers that we are dust amen so holy father today we thank you for bringing this before us that is not about the acts yes we pray for your interventions and for the acts today lord we have taught us that we, sh we should seek to know your ways have your way in our lives holy father Cause us to experientially and by reading and studying to show ourselves approved that we, we are workmen that will not have to be ashamed. That like Moses will know your ways. That we may also teach your ways to our children and our children's children. We exalt you today. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your interventions. All your acts of miracles and signs and wonders has made us to be where we are, has brought us joy and relief, has wiped our tears and brought us comfort. Cause us to sit down and to study your ways from where you have brought us and all that you have done in our lives. Help us, O oh God, to love you more and to fear you more. Have your way today. In Jesus' name we are prayed. Amen. Amen.